the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. Andrew McCarthy, he is at National Review. He is a former uh, prosecutor. And uh, he uh, today is uh, on because his book has just come out. And uh, if you know Andrew McCarthy, you know that it's fact-based, rigidly so, as a former prosecutor. Ball of collusion, the plot to rig an election and destroy a presidency. Andrew McCarthy. Andy, welcome to the show. Welcome back. Dennis, I'm I'm thrilled uh, and honored to be here. And if other people have Dennis Envy because I'm here, I'm... I'm even more delighted. That's very funny, <laughs> Dennis Envy. I like that. Listen, I, before we get to the book, uh, how hard was it to write? On, on first, every book is hard to write. We we all know that. But unearthing information that the media doesn't want us to really know was that a challenge? It was a challenge. Uh, it, it's probably the second hardest part the first hardest part was was breaking a rule that i uh of course swore up and down i would never break in a, a previous book i wrote which was uh, about the arab spring and that is to write a book about a moving target in the sense that the the facts aren't fully mm, developed yet uh-huh, we don't uh-huh. really know exactly how the story will end um a bit more uh oh. There it goes. Is he in New York City? Do we have trouble with do they have trouble with New York lines? Seems that New York guests get cut off more often than others. The book is Ball of Collusion and it is it is about the opposite in effect of what we have been told to be preoccupied with uh, in uh, in America which is, of course, Russian collusion with the Trump campaign. And Andy McCarthy writes this book, and it is about uh, democratic collusion. Uh, I'm using that. Well, he used that's part of his title, Ball of Collusion, to actually do the opposite. We, we have, as so often, we have two scenarios of life between the left and the right. And one of us is wrong. One of us is not telling the truth. I mean, let's be clear. All right, back to uh, Andy McCarthy. So the challenge was that it's an ongoing target. We don't know the end of the story, yet you wrote a book about it. So why did you, well, vi- I, why did you violate your own rule? Uh, well, I'm foolish to violate my own rule, uh, which is why it took so long, and it 
kind of evolved as a project in the uh, in the interim. But I, I would thought that the collusion part of it, the political narrative, was enough of a settled piece that it that it could be addressed with confidence that we uh, knew the bottom line. And I thought it was important to do that because it needs to be placed in, I think, more of a, a context than how we've considered it for the last two years. I think for the for the last two years running, we've kind of looked at it as if it was a standalone, unique thing unto itself. And what I try to argue in the book is that the Obama administration spent eight years politicizing our intelligence product and using the processes of the criminal justice system in a punitive way. So really, if we if we look at it in that framework, nobody should be surprised that when they really felt they needed a political narrative, namely to rationalize Mrs. Clinton's defeat, uh, they would easily come up with one because that's the way they operated. For eight years, Barack Obama politicized the intelligence community? Is that what you said? Yeah, imagine that. Yes, he certainly did. That, that's, a you know, hu- I, that's a huge charge. Well, you know, look, I think I, I, I make a lot of charges in the book. And as you were good enough to say at the beginning, I, I try. I tried. Oh, no. Uh, I try to make sure that factually we're corroborating the things that are uh, that are argued and. With respect to Obama and the politicizing of intelligence, I think that's kind of a slam dunk case. I mean, the most notorious examples, obviously, are the Benghazi debacle and what they did to get the Iran deal across the finish line. But they were so notorious about politicizing intelligence that the intelligence agents themselves, some four dozen plus of them, uh, actually complained uh, in the second Obama term, uh, that their intelligence analyses were being changed and spun in order to support administration narratives about uh, success in the war on terror, this crazy notion or ridiculous notion that al-Qaeda had been uh, defeated and was fading away, Uh, this idea that they were having operational success against uh, ISIS when a lot of the decision-making they made caused ISIS to to become a, uh, a a bigger and more powerful organization. I, I think the example is a legion, and I actually they were big enough to uh, to fill. Sure. Mm. Uh, you broke up again at the end there. By the way, you're on a cell. I'm phone. sorry. To- yeah, you on a cell phone? Yes, sir. I know. Any I know. And in Manhattan, it's, it's, are you in Manhattan? I'm not. I'm in the outskirts. Hmm. Because with big buildings, it's sometimes an issue. All right, anyway, you're on now, fine. Did any mainstream medium report what you just said? I think that as these these uh, incidents came up, like during the whole Benghazi uh, situation, reporting about the there was reporting about the Benghazi situation while it was uh, unfolding, and there was a lot of reporting about Iran. Uh, and the Iran deal while that was unfolding. But in terms of looking at it as a as a continuum and as a as a course 
and manner of doing business. No, I don't think I don't think this was reported. did. Well, you this 48 people in the intelligence community, when did they send this letter? Mm. Yeah, we're really. Happy. I apologize, Dennis. The, oh, so you're aware of what's happening. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can hear that. I can hear it uh, cutting off. Yeah. Sorry about that. Right. Uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll just keep, uh, keep trying. When, when, the question that I asked was not when. Did mainstream media report the 48 agents letter? Uh, yes, they did. That's how I found out about it. Okay, so how much of what you're reporting is going to is going to be a shock to someone who reads the New York Times daily? Um, I think it'll be a shock to me if a lot of people who read the New York Times daily actually take the time to read my book. It'll be I'll be pleasantly <laughs> right. surprised, but I do think that. Uh, uh, you know, for people who are open-minded and who are willing to to put this in a factual and historical context, um, my reaction as I tried to piece this all together was periodically to say, oh, okay, this makes more sense to me now, and maybe people will have that reaction. Um, you know, maybe... Uh, when you get hit over the head with enough facts, you say, you know, I I kind of had a feeling that. Right. Okay. I, I okay. You're right. That's one possible way of addressing my question. What I'm I what I really am aiming at, and then I want to get to the substance, obviously, of your book, is uh, I'll give my thesis and then tell me where I'm wrong. That we have been led by the American media, with very few exceptions, to believe that there was collusion between the, the Russians, the Russian government, and the Trump campaign, when in fact there was collusion on the other side, including between the Russians and the Democrats. Is that a fair statement? I think it is a fair statement. Uh, I think the main collusion in the campaign was the fact that the Obama administration put the intelligence and law enforcement apparatus of our government in the service of a political campaign against their political enemies. And while that was going on, uh, there is immense evidence that the Clinton campaign had the, uh, had the support uh, and assistance of outside governments and foreign actors like Christopher Steele who were no, at, who to the knowledge of the Democrats were tapping Russian government sources or at least that's what he purported to be doing in order to get dirt on Trump I mean there's just immense evidence of that so who did the, then it becomes a little confusing obviously to the average person on behalf of the average person who did the Russian government want to win Dennis, I, I think, to my mind, that's the wrong way to look at it. And, you know, I understand that the average person may want to look at it that way. My view of Putin, and I try to explain this in the book, is that because he wants to sow discord into our society and Western societies, he is more apt to support the people he thinks are going to lose. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't have personal preferences. I'm, I'm sure he does. But I think he's too sophisticated an actor 
to act on his personal preferences. What what his biggest preference is in terms of Russian uh, Russian policy and advancing Russian's, Russia's interests in the world uh, is to have destabilized governments in the West and to have governments where it's difficult to, to govern. And the best way to carry that out uh, is to support the factions around the world and particularly in the West that he thinks are going to lose uh, because that, that you know puts them at odds with their own government. And as long as they're dealing with uh, with dissent and a little bit of chaos that's good for Russia. And who did he think would lose? I think he thought Trump would lose. I think everybody thought Trump would lose. I think I did. if you ask the president, the president probably thought the president would lose. All right. So in effect, you're saying Putin is not pro-Trump or pro-Clinton as much as he is pro-chaos. He's pro-Russia, and for his interest, that's pro-chaos in the West, yes. So he sided, in effect, he or allowed his people to side with both sides? In other words, was there, if you say he wants to help the loser, he thinks Trump is going to lose, then why is it wrong to say there was some collusion between the Trump campaign and Putin? I don't think it's wrong in terms of a, you know, a technical, correct, accurate statement. What I worry about is the freight that gets attached to that. The collusion narrative, as it was presented to the American people, was that there was a conspiracy uh, between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin to commit cyber espionage with the goal of stealing the election from Mrs. Clinton. And if that's what people think collusion means, then that's simply wrong. Uh, If they are thinking... You know, collusion in terms of, uh, you know, what your average uh, English language dictionary says, which is just concerted activity in the sense that uh, Andy and Dennis are now colluding by having this conversation, then yes, there absolutely was collusion. But if you're going to be fair about it, then I I have no problem at all with the idea that we should explore the the Trump campaign's uh, connections and associations with Russia. But why single out the Trump campaign? Uh, every you know, the Clinton campaign uh, and the and the Clinton camp uh, had a, had pretty extensive ties to Russia. I mean, we heard an awful lot about the Trump Tower meeting. Not a whole lot was said about uh, you know, for example, Bill Clinton taking about half a million dollars for a twenty-minute speech uh, from a Russian institution in Moscow during a trip when he met with uh, Putin and Medvedev at a time when. Uh, the uranium one deal was pending approval uh, in a situation where his wife was secretary of state and had to had to weigh in on that so you know i to my mind you want to play the collusion game that's fine uh, then you know be fair and do it for everyone out of curiosity i know about that i i how do, how does the left answer that charge about the uranium uh, basically, they what they say is that Mrs. Clinton uh, did not participate directly in the decision-making, and that while it may have been a State Department decision because the State Department technically and the Secretary of State technically is on what they call the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, it was not something that came to uh, to Mrs. Clinton's direct attention. She didn't act on it directly. And, you know, we might be able to look at a paper trail and see if that was uh, 
that was true or not, but unfortunately she extirpated 30,000 of her emails, so I guess we'll just have to take her word for it. How do we know it's 30,000? Um, I, I think my understanding is that they were able, in the course of uh, the investigation and also her effort to turn over um, emails to the State Department to account for all of the different individual conversations in the way of email that she had on her server system. And they actually did go through a process where they decided to give some to the State Department and withhold some. And that's the figure we got. So you do have to trust their number crunching a bit. But I have to think that they wouldn't cop to destroying, I think it was third, close to 33,000 emails. You know, it's not a, the kind of thing I think she would, would have wanted to admit to. So I have to, I have to assume that that's probably a pretty accurate figure. Hey, thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt. Our podcast is sponsored by Alliance Defending Freedom. ADF provides help at no cost to those whose liberty is being violated, but they can't do it without your help. Call 800-691-8969. That's 800-691-8969. Or visit townhallreview.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.